think it's grade school. Yeah? Yeah, I've been here for years now, three years. I've just made dozens, if not hundreds, of connections among um, other students. And I've got wonderful professors who I'll remember to the day I die. And um, a fantastic job here at the library that I absolutely love. And I've just got so many, too many blessings to count here. Welcome to Theater Simple's Park Bench. Park Bench is a whimsical site-specific art project with a serious agenda. We simpletons set up our seven-foot-tall rolling hill complete with potted palm tree and pink flamingo and then ask folks to have a seat and consider a big idea from literally a different perspective. We then digitally record that conversation and podcast it to the world. The week of September 17, 2011, we set up shop at the University of Nevada in Reno and asked students about their lives, their plans, their school, and in these challenging times, their hopes for the future. Thanks to everyone who stopped to talk, you all rock. During three very hot September days in Reno, we logged over 70 interviews, and from these chats, we have done our best to sketch the community of the university, its pride, its hopes, and concerns. We hope this three-part podcast series sparks conversation and interest in what makes a campus tick. And now we present the University of Nevada, Reno, part two. That's us, just outside the student union. Come on over and have a seat. So now that I'm studying what I want to study, languages and stretching out in that sense, um, it's it's been beautiful, really, the marriage of the two, because I, it's been just incredible for me in my life. I mean, I can, I can solidly find like concrete examples where I think totally differently because of these languages I've learned here. Or, you know, uh, how it's influenced my music, or you know, back and forth. Um, so, I mean, education it 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 changes everything, and it changes people, and it changes society. I'm doing a double major with geology and geological engineering. Um, but the way my interests are going, I'm probably going to end up with a few minors, too, because I just, like, I'm kind of a knowledge omnivore. What are you studying? <clears throat> wildlife conservation and ecology. I like being outside. I want to work with wildlife. How long have you been here at the university, Zach? This is actually uh, my fifth year, finishing up some uh, last final few classes for my physics degree. What are you studying? Uh, French and Spanish. Cool. What are you hoping yeah. to do with that when you're uh, when you're all done? Um, play music, actually. <laughs> yeah. Oh, cool. So uh, basically, travel, um, talk to audiences, and have songs in different and languages. Yeah. Kind of stretch. Mm. What's your instrument? Uh, well, guitar, bass, drums, singing, but mainly guitar. I'm a junior, so three years now, and I'm a community health science major, and I want to be a physical therapist. I'm studying wildlife ecology and conservation. I decided for one major, which is social work. I like working with kids, with families. I mean, pretty much I'm really flexible, and I also like the legal fields. I'm studying nutrition, dietetics as a focus. I plan on using my nutrition degree, and I'm going to become a registered dietitian, which is an RD. What I actually want to do is become a Bikram yoga instructor mm -hmm. and maybe use both of those together, be a nutritional advisor and a Bikram yoga teacher in one, and kind of do a holistic healing business. I teach journalism mm -hmm. at the School of Journalism and I do research in looking at news and democracy and uh, I sit on a lot of committees. Uh, how long have you been here at the university? Four years. And what are you studying? Economics and finance. 
with that degree, what are you what are you hoping to do? What are you uh, uh, see yourself doing in five or ten years? Mutual funds or hedge fund activities. I'm an administrator that uh, works over in the graduate school. I work for the uh, graduate dean, and I handle. I sort of run the office for, we do handle admissions and student progression and things like that. I didn't know what I wanted to do in the very beginning, so I started as an international business major. After a semester, I decided that I really wanted to do something science-based. Uh, biochemistry kind of touches up on all of the sciences with an emphasis on organisms, living organisms. Actually, I'm bringing my daughter here for some tutoring over at the Yale Cord Foundation. I really didn't know too much about it. I know that my daughter needs a little bit of extra help in reading, um, so I saw this program. It was introduced to me by her school. What are you studying? Same as I'm there? studying fine art. Fine art. Yeah, and I'm studying multimedia and mixed media, interdisciplinary studies. But yeah, double in geology and geological engineering, and then I'm going to take that and go to grad school and study paleontology. Okay. Because with, with geology, that's quantitative, mm -hmm. or not quantitative, that's incorrect. Geology is qualitative, and GE is quantitative. Mm -hmm. And so being able to look at physical stuff and theoretical number stuff, I will be a rounded scientist. how close-knit the university community is. I like that it's a, it's a nice small school, but it's still very open and large at the same time, if that makes any sense. We'll talk about that a little bit. I, uh, I, I guess it's kind of hard to explain without experiencing it. Um, it's, it's just nice knowing that when something happens, the community is small enough that we can all pull together. And like, for example, the Reno Air Races that just happened this week, and the mm -hmm. entire, not just the campus, but the entire community is pulling together. I don't know, Reno's a really good place to be. There aren't very few places in the United States that I'd want to go, or at least live, outside of Reno. I mean, the climate's perfect. Anything mm -hmm. that you like to do, you, uh, you know, winter sports are your thing. You know, Tahoe's in your backyard, no more than an hour away from some of the best resorts in the world. And mm -hmm. Cycling, hiking, mountain climbing, anything that you like to do outside, this is the place to do it, and you can be a world-class athlete in any of those things here. Where, where to begin? You know, I mean, coming, I, I came from Vegas and Reno, UNR itself is an amazing school. And also what makes the university so great was it was far away, but it was close too. So it had that kind of combined, you know, it was, it was far away, it was far enough away to make an independent life here, but it was also close enough to make it comfortable, you know, to make it personal, to make it nice. Yeah. Everyone is so involved and like I joined a sorority, so now I'm really involved on campus at the sorority too and I just didn't get this feeling from UNLV and those are my two choices and I'm so happy I came here and I, I love it. I, I really like the <clears throat> modernization of the campus. It's a, all the new buildings here are beautiful and they allow, they, they give a, you pride in saying like yeah I go to the University of Nevada. Um, the people here are great, easy to talk to, the teachers are easy to find at their office hours and you get to know them it's you're not just a student you can really get to know the teachers and they know you and walking through the halls and saying hi to them and they say they know your first name so it's really personal level here at Nevada uh, well on the positive side definitely there's a lot of things that they bring here um, not just in the university but in the community um, but there's a lot of things to do here there's a lot of things the, uh, the student union or the ASUN program worked very, very hard to bring 
different activities like yours here. The only really negative thing I have is that the budget cuts really hurt. Um, you know, my work up at the Nevada Terra Walk facility, we're always talking about, well, we can't really do this because we don't have the money to do it. Or we have, we have to choose between, if you have two very good and very valid series of research, we have to say, well, we, have to, we can do this one, but we can't do the other because we don't have the funding for it. The other problem I have is the whole tenure system, simply because you have young teachers who are really good, really committed to the work, who get fired simply because they haven't been there as long. Uh, I think the good thing is it's surrounded by the natural environment. Yeah, there are many, many hiking trails, just a very, just a very accessible. And then I also because I came here also because of the program. I'm in the literature in the environment program. Well, I think one of the biggest advances that we've had here at the university is the, the new knowledge center, the new library here. If you've ever been inside, it's uh, it's really amazing in there. It stores a vast amount of. Uh, library materials that weren't available, that had been in other storage areas, mm -hmm. but they're now in what's called the, uh, the Matthewson Automated Retrieval System. In addition, there's a, a huge uh, thing on the bottom floor of uh, what's called, what they call At One. It's a computer center. They've got all kinds of uh, uh, recording uh, equipment mm -hmm. and uh, technology that's available for students. I mean, there are little sound booths. You could, do a, you could cut a CD if you wanted to, you know, edit a movie. Wonderful Great. stuff, yeah. Great. Um, I really like get up well the student union and the third floor is the cultural center mm -hmm. because a lot of different cultures come and hang out there and you can do homework, you can watch TV, there's a couch if you want to take a nap. it's positive because the anybody if you try hard you can be here and you can learn something very useful and, and I mean if you go in that knowledge center it it really knocked my socks off it's beautiful it really is beautiful and I mean you hear about these projects where they get millions of dollars and nothing uh -huh. gets built right it's like a parking lot and it's horrible but they got a bunch of money and they do what they're supposed to, you know, you have right. all these networks and data and kind of going into the next generation of digital delivery of education. Well, I really like the, just the campus itself is beautiful and I like it's all very close together. I think some of our, you know, unfortunately because of funding, we've had a lot of downfalls in that regard. And the theater and dance, you know, they've lost a lot in these past couple of years. and. We only have French and Spanish, I think, now. I think that's just kind of disappointing because there's so many languages out there, and to just have French and Spanish is, it almost makes me feel like the more we lose, like we're not even going to be a university anymore. I can't really blame that on the campus itself, you know, because that's just with the recession and everything going on. It's hard to keep up with what, the, with what we have to offer and what the school can actually do with it. Um, I think UNR does a really good job at presenting a community. There's lots of different activities and clubs that people can join to uh, be part of a smaller group, of a larger group, which is UNR. Um, something I think they could improve upon is when budget cuts come, don't take away supplemental instruction and tutoring things like, like the English department has like a special lab you can go to for English help. You know, the chemistry has special labs and some of these labs are getting cut back on. So I'd like to see those stay. Well, first I love the students because I think they're very genuine, um, not pretentious. Mm -hmm. And my husband sometimes says it's a blue collar student campus. Um, I think that because there's a lot of first generation students, a lot of students putting their self through school, 
it, it changes the atmosphere. I came from Berkeley, mm -hmm. um, different intensity of students with different interests. So I love the students. Physically, the campus is beautiful. I love the quad, I love walking around. So talk to me about paleontology. Paleontology. Um, well, the, obviously it's the study of dinosaurs, mm -hmm. and I'm going to try to keep it the study of dinosaurs. A lot of stuff is being done in micro-paleo right now, mm -hmm. like paleo, um, you know, study of little teeny organisms that you have to use a microscope to look at, and that's not fun. <laughs> it basically, everybody who's five wants to dig up dinosaurs, and I've just never grown past my five-year mentality. Is there a problem with this? Oh, of course not. <laughs> okay, growing, just checking because I go, oh, no, I'm in trouble. Growing old is mandatory and growing up is completely optional. <laughs> and I definitely am rolling with the let's not grow up and just remain, you know, philosophically young forever. I like talking to people. I like trying to... Uh, understand where they're coming from and getting their story and telling it to other people because you might not think that sports are important on the, in the greater scheme of things. Uh, what people don't realize is that, you know, there, there's so many, so many stories that relate to humanity in sports. You know, you have, you have injuries, people overcoming obstacles every day in sports and triumphing or, or failing. So, I mean, these are things people can learn from constantly and I want to be the one that passes those on. My roommate, she, like, I didn't know what I wanted to do and I was undeclared until last year and she's like, why don't you take one of these classes, like community health science class, and see how you like it. So I did and I loved it. Like, it's so, I'm really into fitness and like eating right and helping people out and so it was like perfect for me. What's important to you about this column? I mean, I've always just liked writing honestly. You know what I mean? Like, I feel like all of this is just kind of like... So just so you guys know, context, the paper that we're looking at is the nevadasagebrush.com. UNR paper. It's a UNR paper, and I'm talking to the gal who writes a sex column. Yes. So I'm, you know, I'm writing honestly. I'm, I'm a stripper. Uh, I'm a feminist. But tell, just, talk to me more about the column, though. Why did you start writing it? I think just being sex positive. I feel like women's sexuality is misunderstood in society. You know what I mean? Like, I feel like we're always objectified in the media. And mm -hmm. like, I just think it's just kind of like a lot of girls are like waiting around for a guy or a boyfriend. And like, I kind of like to be the one to be like, hey, you don't have to do that. You know, like you can kind of just have a good sex life or, you know, right. just like be independent and nothing wrong with having a boyfriend. But I think just being sex positive. Is there any other research out there that you're kind of excited about, whether it's stuff you're getting to do or anybody else? Um. Well, personally, right now I'm looking into multiple sclerosis, just looking into the research that other people are doing for my neurobiology class. I just like the fact that uh, we're getting a lot closer to figuring out mechanisms to help um, people with cancer, people with you know, multiple sclerosis or uh, muscular dystrophy, things mm -hmm. of that sort. It's just a lot of uh, diseases we're starting to understand. So and once we're able to understand them, then we're actually able to fix them or you know, at least help millions of people that are suffering by nature. I like helping people. Yeah. And so being able to do it in a scientific manner is really awesome. Uh, what was it about uh, social work that, uh, that ignited your passion? Because I always help people all the time. Like if somebody 
kept my neighbor says, oh, do you know where I can get food or help with electricity or something like that? Like, I always go out of my way to help and find resources all the time. Anybody. <laughs> That's just me. I just looked at myself really hard and looked at the realities of jobs and teaching jobs in Nevada and um, also just what, how much excitement and, and enjoyment and, and um, travel and those kind of things I wanted out of life with a wildlife degree. It's the perfect reason to uh, travel the world. Not only do I get to travel, but I get to do it for a purpose that means a lot to me, and that's protecting endangered species, preserving ecosystems, and uh, trying to preserve the human and other races. I think that's one thing that traveling teaches you is just that no matter how different other people are from you, that doesn't mean that they're wrong. It just means that they've, you know, they come from, you know, the geography, the climate, the socio-economic, all these other factors that influence how you develop, and their their way is just as valid as anybody else's, even though it's not yours. It's it's just what it is. Can you just talk to, again about the the passion that you have for? for uh, wanting to be a scientist, be a doctor, and to work in the neurologic field? Well, my sister, because she had bio, uh, bipolar and schizophrenia, and she wasn't a very nice person growing up, I would like to help people like that. Although all people aren't like mean that she was, I think that either way, they should, someone should help them. I've always loved newspapers. When I was a kid, I had a newspaper route, <laughs> and so I, uh, was a compulsive clipper and would read the newspaper and cut articles out and I had filing cabinets when I was in high school. I, I love thinking about how it matters to people, what information they need to make good decisions. Um, there's a lot of things about journalism that I just think are so important and right now in this incredible transition that we're in, it's really exciting. And the field itself has changed. I mean, what what is a journalist? What is journalism? I mean, it was fairly steady state for about 80 years, and now all of those questions are open questions again. What's your idea of uh, what makes for a good community, not just like in a sports sense or in a university sense, but just as part of a... Uh, you know, part of a society, part of a, being a good citizen. Well, I think journalism is a big part of developing a good community because it keeps the discussion going, it keeps people up to date on current events. Do you find that there's a really good uh, sense of community on the campus? I think there is, and everyone's so friendly and like very welcoming, and it was just, I felt at home when I came here. They have a lot of different programs for students, like freshmen especially, like in the dorms there's always things for you to come do up at the student union. Communities come in all sorts and shapes and sizes. What for you makes a good community? Uh, and uh, I suppose by the same token, what makes a good person within that community, a good citizen? Uh, I think the most important thing is to accept uh, individuality and at the same time also a good community means that everybody in that community actually can recognize the difference of, of each each member, but at the same time also they want to devote themselves to, to that community. Accepting diversity, uh, being able to problem solve, being able to agree to disagree, um, and always striving to better the community and better oneself. 
with respect, you respect your environment. You don't go tagging up walls. With respect, you don't decide I'm gonna shoot that guy. Or with respect, you kind of have this feeling like I have to treat these people the way I want to be treated. But in that same sense, people still need to realize they need to earn respect. It's just being open and friendly. Like you give people their chances to prove you right and prove you wrong, but you give them that chance. And there's there's no upfront judgment and people here really are usually pretty good at letting you portray who you are and then they make their assumptions about that. For the past four summers and for my sabbatical, I spent it in a fairly small town in Italy. There, everyone knows each other's name. You know, and when I went into a store, I was greeted by the shopkeeper, and that feels like community to mm. me. And the fact that I go here to Rayleigh's, I know some clerks, but nobody greets me by name. So much of the day-to-day -day transactions we have are anonymous. When people know your name, it feels like community. You know, so walking around campus, you see people you know, you see students you know. That feels like community to me. I also think that having um, problems in common and problem-solving um, pathways is important for a community. I think that uh, forming um, a strong cultural underpinning in, in your community and I think a lot of these values can be developed through sort of the, the way we're educated because that sort of helps us form our values, mm -hmm. what we consider to be valuable, where you're always taking in new ways of sort of evolving yourself. And that, to me, makes people sort of want to connect with each other. And it doesn't become sort of an obligatory thing. It becomes more of a... You're, you're, you're driven to it out of your own sense of curiosity. So talk to me a little bit more about community. You're involved in the Late Night Coalition? Um, what we do is we put on late night events, usually Friday, Saturday nights, and it mm -hmm. gives students an opportunity to come and hang out on campus. And it's, it's all on campus. We don't ever do anything off campus. And, it, and it's just nice for students to have something to do here. Yeah, so like this last past weekend, we had um, a Capture the Flag game. And we had about 100, and it was campus-wide, so there was about 100 people there. Oh, hilarious, really? And, yeah, and it was really awesome. I mean, like, the kids loved it. We had some people come up, and they were, <laughs> they were demanding that we do this every week, or not every week, but every month now, which is, I think, like, our main goal with um, Late Night Coalition is to kind of slow down students' drinkings, especially students drinking alcohol, especially uh -huh. underage students. Uh -huh. um, and a lot of kids don't realize that that's what we're doing, which is awesome. Uh, at Capture the Flag this past week, and we had kids come up and... Some kid was talking about, like, oh man, this gave me such, this gave me such a great excuse to not go out drink with my friends. And it's like, we, I think that kids are looking for excuses to not go out drinking. They just need someone to present that opportunity for them. So, if you could craft the most fantastic future you could even imagine, what do you hope you're doing specifically? Over the next three years, and the next ten years, and my whole lifetime. I will um, continue to spread consciousness among other people. Consciousness about how, how we are affecting the environment, how mm -hmm. we affect the planet. Consciousness of other people. I'd also like to teach art um, and, and continue to make art, experiment with art. Um, I think I'd like to travel around a little bit and uh, play around with um, 
art in motion, so to speak, and create sort of like continual narratives with other people, collaborate. I just hope for, I just hope for more columns like this. I'm not saying like, oh, I'm the best or anything, mm -hmm. but like more, just more, more conversation like about that. it. Yeah, I, I hope for less girls feeling like they need a man. I feel, mm -hmm. I mean, and then they're the big ones. I want our reproductive freedom not challenged anymore. You know, that would be awesome. Yeah. Um, I want us making as much as men. For me specifically, yeah. I hope that I'm just, I'm doing well for myself. I'm happy and I'm, I don't know. I just don't. I just don't want to disappoint my my parents. I just. I just want to be happy. You want to be and happy. I want to be happy in ten years. I mean, I could be living in a box, but I, I just want to be happy. My dream job, or at least my dream place in the world right now, is working um, at an astronomical research facility. That's just my hopes for the future. They're still wishy-washy, but right now, that's generally where I'd like to go. Uh, happy and successful. Yeah. I think that's what we all hope. That's why we come here, is to set the foundations to be happy and successful. There's one way more than the other, they're pretty equal for you. The happiness. Success is, is relative and it can be engaged in a lot. You can be really successful and miserable. I think happiness. Talk about education in college. Education is not only academic, it's also social education. It's also, you're not only learning your discipline, you're learning about how the world works, how people interact within the world. And really that's valuable no matter what you end up doing mm. in the future. The more educated a populace is, I mean, from my perspective as a physicist, the more we understand how the world works, the more we can understand, uh, develop technology that can help the world. My diabetes, they're currently doing research. Mm -hmm. um, 50 years ago, I would have not survived past about six months of my diagnosis. And it was educated people who saved my life. So for me, education is very, very important. With education, I'm the type of person that if you don't do some, if you do not do critical thinking, then you're basically not a being. Education helps you learn about yourself while learning about the community and you're not continually like having the influence of your parents and you see different perspectives of something and that's what education allows you to do. Is there a, a person in your life um, who um, had, had an influence on you, either was a role model or a mentor or just somebody who had a profound uh, influence on the way you ended up or the way you are developing? That's another great question. Uh, yeah, I mean definitely. I, mean, I, I there's so many, you know, I'm, you know, we can't go, like the saying goes, no man is an island. And um, from parents to teachers, I just came from a class actually that was profoundly, uh, I was just telling my friend actually, it profoundly changed by uh, um, a realization that I had. Uh, it was a literature class and we were going over the ending of a story and the, my professor offered up a different perspective of how it ended. And I've never even really had this before, but my mouth dropped and I was just, almost I was stunned as I put it to my friend I mean it, it was it was profound <laughs> you know what I mean I'd say my mom above and anyone else because she's uh, she was a single mom and went to school pursued her masters um, she was always there when I fell down to help pick me up but there was always of course after she helped pick me up there was a stern discussion about the mistake that was made usually because there was warning from her before I made the mistake. 
um, but she's always been there with unconditional love and support. That's so important, being able to go, well, let's just learn something. Mm -hmm. And, you know, at risk of sounding evil, you know, let's leave the ethics for a time when it has application and just go for it. I feel like it's better to just run forward to, like, you know, understanding or enlightenment with eyes full open and then let society debate, okay, now we've got this, what do we do with it? But, like, even practical applications, we can't discount the need of knowledge for knowledge's sake. Mm -hmm. Like, there's so much that's discovered, they're just like, well, this is cool, and you put it into the vault of human knowledge, mm -hmm. and then it becomes applicable for stuff that we never dreamed of. I mean, I mean I'm mean, i sure that Einstein, when he figured out his theory of relativity, didn't think global positioning systems. I think it's essential. I think that's part of the college experience, is that you, you're forced to interact with people of different ages, different ethnicities, different cultures, different everything that mm -hmm. you wouldn't have normally encountered and you know, hopefully you take some classes of things that, you know, part of the university experience isn't taking classes on what you like, it's taking class on things that you don't like, but it forces you to learn things that you never would have encountered before. The whole university process is to broaden your horizons. For me, right, my ideal future world will be a world like people don't have to make a lot of money in order to survive. They can just pursue their own ideals. For example, like they have to, uh, the reason why they pick up these programs for the sake of, of getting, just uh, getting a job is easier or can make more money. So that's something I would say. I just hope the world is not controlled by, by money. I would hope that people would take a walk in someone else's shoes more often. Tell me about that. I feel that I experience this a lot in athletics and all the areas in my life, but you can't really determine how another person is feeling because you're not them. And I think it's really important to pull yourself out of where you are at and visualize yourself as them and why they're making the choices that they're making rather than judge them upon it. The world, what I'd like to see is, I, you know, it, it may sound corny or hackneyed or overused, but we're becoming a polarized, a very, very polarized society, not just in the United States, but in the world, you know, liberal versus Republican in the United States. You have secularists versus uh, religionists in the United States and in Islamic countries in the world. And so we're becoming very, very polarized. No matter how much we disagree, we all have a place in government, we all have a place at the table. So I'd really, really like to see is that a lessening of the, they're on the other side, therefore we cannot deal with them, mm -hmm. to more of a, okay, they have these things they'd like to do and that we can accept, and we have these things we'd like to do that they can accept, well, let's get together and try to make something that can actually make a difference. Right now, I don't think the world can get any better because this is, there's always gonna be flaws, and the flaws are what help us grow, and, I would like to see there be no, like, oh, this person's a Democrat, so I can't be friends with them, or this person's a Republican, so I can't have, be friends with them because our views are too different. But I, I personally never see that happening because that makes us who we are as a community. 
Um, I think the world can be a better place by people becoming um, more selfless and uh, looking at a bigger picture instead of maybe at a smaller one. Sometimes I think we get fogged with social ideals when, we, when we're so ingrained in ourselves that we forget that like even the smallest action we do has like this huge ripple effect and then it's always gonna ripple right back at us. I hope that uh, we leave a better world for the kids and grandkids. That yeah. really is my sincere wish, yeah. That's such an enormous question. I mean, there's so many things I think about, you know. I, I, I wish, I, I hope that people will listen to each other with more goodwill. Um, that lack of trust that I was just talking about, feeling like um, either ideology or personal interest gets in the way of us really listening to each other. So I would hope that, that people would um, find those connections that allow them to really help and hear each other. I'm not a fan of stress, and so if you're if you're going to the future and looking forward, um, seriously look at it like with like a sense of joy and not a sense of oh my goodness, you know what am I going to do when I'm 37 or something? Because you know stress is just detrimental. It gets to the point where you're so stressed out that you're actually you know eating in on yourself like the Ouroboros serpent. Mm -hmm. You're just going around in circles. So stress is a bad idea, which everyone's heard a bazillion times. I find that so many people are. Um are in a state of, of constant um, anxiety and, and worry about the future or about their social status, how they're liked or um, their possessions, and uh, they're just out of touch with uh, just with the, the oneness and interconnectedness and the the absolute miracle that that, uh, that we're even here. Teach your children compassion, to have confidence in themselves or just another, another neighbor or another friend who might not have that and build each other up. That's the only way we're gonna survive, I think, is helping each other and building each other up and making sure we build a strong country. Just made me tear up. <laughs> My goals are to help those that need help and a lot of people, I would hope that people realize that if you help those that need help, and you actually help them you know, get through their problems instead of just saying, oh, those people are just unwell for their low lives. That's not true. It's not true that they just need a little help because I really feel that everybody, not everybody, but those who think of people who live in housing, that take welfare, that they're nothing but um, freeloaders that were taking the easy way and it's so natural because I'm one of them. I am trying to better myself. Thanks so much for listening to Park Bench and the second of our three-part series from the University of Nevada, Reno. Many thanks to the people of the campus who shared their thoughts and dreams with us. Thanks also to the Performing Arts Series at the University, and most especially to Chris and CJ, without whom this iteration of Park Bench would not have been possible. If you have any questions or comments about the podcast, you can contact Theater Simple at thsimple at gmail.com. And you can learn more about Theater Simple at theatersimple.org. That's T-H-E-A-T-E-R simple.org. Our music is the work of the amazing Chandra Cogburn, and you can find out more about her work at ChandraCogburn.com. 
That's C-H-A-N-D-R-A-C-O-G-B-U-R-N.com. The Park Bench interviews were conducted by Lisa Holland and Andrew Litsky, that's me, who also edited this episode. Thanks so much for listening, and we hope to see you on the Park Bench someday. Have a seat. Tell us your thoughts. We'll tell the world. Thank you.